Well, welcome to the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And we are very happy to be joined by uh, one of the great University of Montana men's basketball players, a three-time all-conference player, a two-time Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, and who's played professionally for years since graduating the University of Montana in 2013 and uh, even uh, played in the NBA for a, uh, for a little while as well. Will Cherry joining us. Will, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me, man. I'm great, man. I couldn't be better. Well, we're very happy to have you. We've got so much to cover here uh, with you because your career has been uh, a long and impressive one and continues on. Listen, I know for any basketball player, especially you know from the United States, the NBA is the, is the pinnacle, right? And you made it there for a brief time, and that was great. But you've also had the opportunity to play all over the world. I mean, Lithuania, Germany, Turkey, Italy, Greece, and on and on. That, to me, sounds so great. What has your experience been like of playing, you know, year to year, a couple years here, another year there, around the world in all of these great countries uh, uh, in, in Europe? Oh, man, it, it's been great, man. It, it's, it's a lot of uh, different experiences, um, some good, um, some bad, you know, um, but it's all an experience. You know, um, I was always a guy, um, even if I did stick in the NBA like I wanted to, that I was going to, uh, you know, take uh, European trips all the time. So um, when you couple that in now with the fact that I'm getting played to play in these, these different these different countries, it's just it's just a uh, something that's just really great. And it's just you kill two birds on one stone. And so whenever I'm getting those chances, you know, to get off breaks and stuff like that, I go explore the cities, different countries that I I've read about. Or I've always been wanted to wanted to uh, visit. Um, and then I'm also playing basketball, so um, I couldn't really ask um, for a better life than that. When you graduated from the University of Montana, had you ever been abroad before you then made a career of, of basically playing abroad? No, no. <laughs> I, had never, I had never been abroad, man. Um, of course so he had. He came to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> That's a foreign country in itself, right? Yeah, Montana was very, very foreign to a city boy like myself, man. <laughs> very foreign. But I, I would, I would say this: Missoula, Missoula made it a, a lot better because it was more of a college city, um, a college town. Where as in the Cats, man, Boo, Bozeman, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, man. So um, I was glad I went to Missoula. <laughs> What's your favorite country that you've played in? Not necessarily the team or whatever, but just in terms of a city or a setting. Where where have you loved to be? Um, to me, it, there's a there's a plethora of them, but I, to me, hands down, I would have to say Berlin, Germany, because I lived there and I played there, and um, I don't really think there's no other place like Berlin. Um, you have the Barcelonas, you know, where there's a lot of uh. There's a lot of uh, people there, but um, a lot of stuff to do there. But I think Berlin was more – I think I got more of a California vibe from Berlin because it was such a big melting pot um, of people. I met a lot of people from actually from the states that lived there. Um, there's just always a lot of people coming into that, to that country and city. Um, and then I just love the Christmas feel of those guys, the Christmas lights and Christmas markets and stuff like that. So uh, Berlin was, was good to me, man. You said you, you, you know, as you might expect on a long career like you've had some some great experiences and some tough ones. What was a bad? What was a bad experience you had? What happened along the way that you had to overcome? Uh, well, one 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 instance I would say would would be 
in Berlin as well. You know, I, I had a I had a coach that was uh, just a little bit too too extreme at times. You know, to the point where um, it just it just for 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 a split second, man, I, I stopped liking basketball for a little while, man. Um, playing for this guy, um, but it was it was also it was also a weird situation because that was my favorite my favorite city um, and favorite country to play in as well because I had great teammates. Uh, and it was it was a lot of things to do there as well, um, but as a coach, man, he was just a little too extreme um, on the court. Um, but off the court, he was like like a great guy. But it was just this this switch that the man flipped, and it was just like he just made he was out to kind of like make basketball um, just too much of a business um, for me. And so um, that was that was a bad experience. Um, I would have to say throughout my career. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls, former University of Montana, all big sky guard Will Cherry joining us, breaking down his basically corner to corner journey across the globe in a life of basketball. But Will, on the flip side, what are some of the great experiences that you had off of the court? Because I mean, in the places that you live from Lithuania, Germany, Croatia, Greece, Italy, so much history in that part of the world, so many interesting experiences to be had if you make it happen. What are some of the things you learned and what are some of the great experiences you did have off the court? Oh man. Um, man, let's see. I know Lithuania, man, we, uh, my, my rookie year, we won the entire, uh, we won the championship there. We won the cup and then we, we turned around and won the championship. So that was actually my, my first ever experience of a, a parade. Um, and so we actually had one on the road and the place um, that we won was our rival's place. And that was a uh, Vilnius and Vilnius was about, I think, what, hour and a half, two hours from um, where we, where we won it. And so as we're driving back, like everywhere we stopped as far as like gas or, or to get uh, some snacks or something, there were, there were fans along the streets. And then we got back to uh, Konis, um, and it, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, experience as far as all the fans gathered out there in the center um, and were celebrating our success. And um, I had never been a part of anything like that. Um, and so I was, I was just, uh, I was just in awe, man. And I think that was one of the, one of the best things, like off the court, as far as that kind of coupled on, coupled into being on the court. I was just like, man, this is, this is truly something um, that a lot of people don't get to get to experience. You know, you have all these experiences and go all these places that a lot of people can only dream of getting to go. When you go home to the Bay Area, to Oakland, and you're back with your family and friends like that, are they always interested in, in the things that you've done and the places that you've gone? What's it like to go home after having been abroad and seen all the things that you've seen? Oh, man, it's, 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 it's great. Um, you know, I mean, I use, I use Instagram a lot just to post um, to let, let, let a lot of people back home see see the experiences that I'm doing um not only just you know to let them see what I'm doing but also to motivate them um as well um just to let them know that man you don't have to be a basketball player to come see these things man you know save up your money six months or whatever and, and, and take a trip and for a week or two and come out here and then a lot of my guys I, I try to bring with bring with me you know what I mean so and then you know coming back home it's, it's just it's a great feeling because I can always come back and tell these guys this is what I'm doing or this is what I'm doing, um, and you guys need to come out here and see this. Um, and so, you know, like my mom, my mom has been to most of the countries I've played in. Um, a best friend of mine had come to two or three places, and then another best friend actually came to Croatia. 
Um, and so just seeing the look on those guys' faces um, and when they come out of the country for the first time and, and they see that um, you don't have to be in the NBA to be treated like a celebrity because over in Europe they treat you like a celebrity when you play for the team. Um, just to see a look on those guys' faces means everything to me. It's interesting you told the story about the coach that was a little bit uh, over the top demanding and maybe started to rob you of your loss of the joy of the game. You played for Wayne Tinkle at the University of Montana, and, and I've known Coach Tinkle for a really long time. He was one of my neighbors growing up, and his daughter Jocelyn, same age as my brother. Uh, but Coach Tinkle, he used to tell stories similar vein. He said, when you're playing abroad, you're either going to click with the coach or you're not when you're from America. And he said he had multiple experiences, specifically one where he was in Spain where he got into it with the coach and he basically just walked out, walked out of practice, said, I'm done. I might actually have to give this whole thing up. His wife talked him back into to going back out there. But on that note, I mean, Coach Tinkle played overseas for a decade plus and had a ton of experience that's sort of similar to the path you've been walking. How much advice and, and mentorship has he given you as you've kind of navigated this journey? Uh, man, to be honest with you, man, I haven't even really talked to Coach Tinkle, man. After I haven't seen, I've seen Coach Tinkle at a wedding years back, man, maybe 2015, actually. And that, that might have been actually right after the, the experience I was telling you about in Berlin with the coach. Um, so I haven't really, I really talked too much about, uh, about the experience. I know before, you know, I left or, you know, the league and stuff like that, you know, Coach Tinkle, you hear the stories about Coach Tinkle, you know, being over in Europe for years, um, making a lot of money. So, um, you know, that was that was, that was was pretty much my experience, um, really talking to Coach Tinkle. He really hasn't given me too, advice, too much advice. Um, you know, he's busy with, you know, doing his thing at Oregon State, and I'm always I'm always gone. So we haven't been able to touch uh, too much of base, really. Um, but I know for a fact, like, before I left, like you said, he was uh, – he was one of those guys that he knew I, I was going to make a lot of money. He always made sure and said, uh, man, whatever you do, just be smart. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, just be smart and always try to do things the right way. Because um, when you do things the right way, you know, great things happen for you. Um, and that was always his model that he always preached. Um, not just me, to everybody. Um, always try to do things the right way and good things that happen for you. Well, there was a major rating spike for Cleveland Cavaliers basketball for a brief period in time when Will Cherry walked on and was uh, was given the nod and came on to the to the to the Cavs team back in 2014. What was that experience like? First of all, how did it come about that you got that call and and uh, and they brought you in and then to show up and you know there's LeBron James. This is like you know a championship type of basketball team that all of a sudden you're you're on in the league. Yeah, oh man, it was it was it was it was crazy, man. Because you you have to go back even before then, when I was with Toronto, and so um, when I got released from Toronto, um, I was I was heartbroken. You know, I was just like that was my first time ever being cut from a team like ever in my life, and so I was just like, dang, like what's what's going to happen next? And so as I'm driving, as the driver is taking me to the to the airport, my agent calls me, and he says, hey, you're going to Cleveland. And I was like, there's no way. Like, bro, stop playing with me. He was like, I'm dead. <laughs> he was like, I'm dead serious. Like, you're going to Cleveland. So, like, when you go home, you'll go home for a couple of days, and then you're going to leave. I think it was like that Wednesday or Thursday. And so I was like, wow. And so he was like, yeah, just keep it under wraps for now because um, it's not official. You know, they're going to release. At the time, it was A.J. Price. They're going, they're going to release him. Um, but you know I can't get out, so I was like, all right. And so 
I get to Cleveland, then like my first my first practice, um, and this was crazy. My first practice, LeBron walks in. I'm already, I'm a rookie, so I'm there earlier than everybody else. I'm lifting weights and stuff, and he goes word for word verbatim. He goes, "Will motherfucking Cherry." <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I, I look, I slap his hand like, "What's up?" I'm like, "What's up, bro?" But like in my head, I'm like, "This dude, like this dude knows who I am." Like that, that lets me know, like this dude is like a basketball junkie because I had, I had went off that entire summer, and um, it was no way that nobody could see it. It couldn't be missed. But I didn't think LeBron would, you know, be watching summer league. I thought he would be on like a, you know, a, a China tour or something for Nike or something like that. But when he said that, I was like, this dude knows my name. And I was just like, man. And I was not only LeBron, I was surrounded by a lot of great dudes and Kyrie Irving. Um, I had I had the Matrix, Sean Marion on the team, man, Kevin Love. Uh, Brad, I had a uh, – man, I had a, I had some, some great dudes on that team, man. And so it was – every night I got to witness greatness. One thing, one thing to watch it on TV, but to be front row and to see some of the things that LeBron and Kyrie – made look so easy and Kevin Love on a nightly basis was just something I was just like, these dudes are really good at what they do. The NBA Summer League is, is so fun to watch every year because it's all these dudes fighting it out, trying to figure out how to make a team. But we talk about it on our show all the time. The hardest league in the world, in my opinion, to make is the NBA. You know, only a few yeah. guys break through and actually get to be on an active roster each year. You can be you know, like yourself, three-time all-conference guy, two-time Big Sky Player of the Year. You can be multiple-time All-American and still have a hard time breaking through into the league. But playing in the Summer League, what was that experience like leading up to that experience in Cleveland? And also, why do you think it is so hard? I mean, what is the hardest part about making the NBA? What? Why is it such a hard barrier of entry? Well, the the Summer League, man, was, was great. You know, the year before, I had played, a lot of people don't know, I played that the, my first year out of college, that Summer League with a broken foot. Um, that year, my senior year, when we won it, I was playing the entire year on a broken foot, and I had no idea. I thought it was getting better, but it wasn't. Um, and so, uh, I so that next year when I played with Cleveland, I was just I was so excited because I was finally healthy, and I get to finally show I can do when I'm healthy. And so that was that was an experience in itself. And then I was with the number one pick, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, so a lot of eyes were, were on us, and Andrew Wiggins was a great dude. Uh, so I loved that summer league, man. And so uh, when I got the call to go to Cleveland, man, I was just I was excited because I'd already known everybody in that organization when I played for the G League team um, a, a couple months prior. Um, and so and a couple of my a couple of my coaching staff were on that team from my G League team. And then a, a childhood guy, Lakers now, he came down as well as coaching. So I was like in just great hands. It was great hands for me. And I think just to break into the league, man, just. It, it's, it's always right timing, right? Right timing, right situation, right? So for whoever, it's, it's either a guy's attitude is bad, um, he's made a poor decision, right? It, it'll never be just the skill. And I think that's why it's so hard to break into the NBA. These executives, GMs, they're looking for for good guys, not only just going to the skills and stuff like that um, and character. Um, so I think that's why it's a little harder to break into the league. And then especially at my position now, man, the, the league is dominated by by guards, so right. you have to set yourself apart by going the extra mile um, and putting in that extra work and showing these GMs um, that you're you're very serious, not only just on the court but off the court, right? You you have a brand to take care of, and, and if you're not doing things 
and you're embarrassing a franchise or something like that, man, they're going to get rid of you just like that because it's always going to be the next man up. <laughs> always. Will Cherry joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. And, Will, obviously the guy in the league who you're always going to be you know, tied to is Damian Lillard. You went head-to-head against him multiple times, right. multiple conference championship games that you came out on top of, by the way, which I'm sure is a happy memory for you that we'll visit in a second. But when, when you look at the success that Damian Lillard's had in the league and you know what he was like to play against and, and the success, frankly, that you had against him defensively and that, you go, well, how, how did he – how does it work? out for him and he gets the right time and place and for me you know I, I I put in the work as well I try and do everything the right way and I got I got a little shot but not the shot that he got do you think about that or how do you process through that oh man I mean that's something for sure that always eats at me um in the back of my mind right um just a little bit uh, it used to early on like dang man like what's going on right um, but if I allow myself to think that way, man, in this game, I would be dead. I would right. be dead, man, because comparing myself, it, it'll, it'll only hinder me and my success, right? Um, but this, this dude is not only an opponent, he's a friend of mine, right? He's one of my closer friends, you know, since we've grown up in basketball. So I root for this guy no matter where I'm at in the world. And we talk here and there and text and stuff like that. Um, and no doubt in my mind, I'm just like, man, I have all the success to this dude. Right, but I'm just like, man, that was like seven years ago. This dude worth this dude is worth half a billion dollars now, so um, I think he got the better end of the <laughs> this dude got the better end of the stick, right? But I know I'm I always be like, Man, if I get my shot like as opposed to I know for a fact like I can have success in that league, man. And even watching this dude in the bubble, I'm just like, Man, I can I, I can actually play for Portland. They need a defensive guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like put us on the same team or whatever, so um, but, but like, man, looking at him and seeing his success, man, I, I knew he would be good, but anybody tell you that they've seen this type of level of success coming from Damian Lillard, I'll be honest to you, they're lying to you, because I didn't see, I thought he was going to be really good, but I didn't think this guy was going to be on the main status, right? Not this early and not this quick, so, um, man, it, it, it's, it's a great feeling to see that. Um, but as a player, as a player, definitely you envy, you envy, you envy him being in that position. But then, as a friend, you congratulate this man and you wish him nothing but the best on his journey. It's been our joke around here during the bubble that no one can guard Damian Lillard in the world besides Will Cherry because no one's guarded him the last couple months, right? <laughs> but it, it is an interesting deal because I know sometimes when you are sort of committed to playing overseas, you're building your reputation over there you do kind of sacrifice the bouncing around of the G League like you were doing early in your professional career. So at what point did you make that decision that you were going to kind of just decide to, to stay abroad? I know you had the one stint with the Santa Cruz Warriors back stateside as well, but how does that dynamic work when you're trying to choose your best opportunity for you? Um, it, it, I don't know. It depends, man. Um, I know for me, um, I think I should have – to be honest with you, I should have went back to the G League after the cast, right? Um, just because I was actually, you know, the hottest thing um, out, out there at that point. And then actually when I had um, signed with the Cavs, I had to, like, do, like, a um, formality of helping the G League out with a call-up, you know. So they labeled me, technically they labeled me an NBA call-up, but I never saw the G League. And so I said that to say because Mike Gantz was the, the GM 
at the time. And I was my guy, and he was just like, man, you you have no idea all the phone calls I'm getting about you. Uh, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like in the green room with this guy because they're about to have the GZ Jazz, and he's just like, bro, you know, you're the number one prospect right now um, in the G League, and everybody's calling to try to get you. And I was like, for real? He, and he just laughed, like, you know what I mean? So I went to like, Cleveland when I came back, and I was like, nah, my age, I was like, yeah, I'm going overseas, bro. And he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I got a taste of, you know what I mean, having money. Like, and I'm talking about money to where you swipe the car, you don't even think twice about the decimal moving. So it's just like, man, I got to go back. To, I got to go over there. And then I came back this summer league, and it was just like, I, I don't want to do the G League because now I'm sacrificing a lot of money overseas. Um, and that was the gamble. But knowing what I know now, being that young, I should have did at least a year or two. And if nothing shook, then I would have went overseas. Um, and so my, my decision to come back in Santa Cruz was because I had created a nest egg um, in my account to where those G League checks weren't do or die for me, right? When I first went to the G League, they were like, man, I need this to kind of survive and eat. But now I had a nest egg after playing a couple of years in, uh, in Europe. I was just like, man, I had a great year in Croatia. And I was like, man, it's just time for me to, you know, try to get back, like get back to the league this way. When I was in Europe, I was always trying to get back to the league. It was just like, let me get in position where these teams are coming to see a European prospect or something like that, and they have to see me, right? But I went back to Santa Cruz and didn't have the best year. Um, and then even then, I sacrificed hundreds of thousands of dollars just to do that. Um, and, and that was just kind of like my last, like, okay, you know, I've done everything on my part. If they come get me, they see me, then they'll come get me. But if not, until then, I'll never sacrifice any more money. I'll just continue to go over here and try to win a European championship over there in yearly or something um, and continue to get my money. And so that was kind of like my, my thought process with that. But it's like you got to get in where you fit in, man. If, if your reputation is great out there and you're making a lot of money over there, it's hard to sacrifice that money because you got a family. <laughs> well, Will, let's take you back to the University of Montana quickly and just revisit your career again exemplary. A three-time All-Big Sky selection, two-time defensive player uh, of the year in the conference. What do you remember most about your time at the University of Montana and, and, and the experience that you had there and how that set you up for what uh, has been going on since then? Oh, man, my, my experience at Montana were, were, were amazing, man. And I had no idea it would be like that because I was just like, man, I'm coming from the city, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even want to take a trip to Montana. And <laughs> what did you I think it was going to be like? What, it, what, what was your conception? I literally thought it was going to be cowboys and cowboys, which there were some, right? But I was just like, man, this is going to be in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm going like, I'm literally, it's going to, I'm going to see horses walking the streets, <laughs> dirt roads. I'm just like, come on, man, I can't, I can't. And like, they, they convinced me, like, my, my high school coach convinced me. It was just like, bro, like, if, take this visit. Like, it's only a visit. Like, these guys just want to bring you up there for a weekend and spend money on you. And I was just like, all right, man. And, like, I fell in love with the city as soon as I got in there. And that goes to, to Coach Tinkle for bringing me in. Like, I think it was, like, the first weekend of Grizz football. So that man was smart. He was very smart when he brought me up there. 
And I was just like, this is amazing. And then from there on, from there on out, once I got up there, I was just like, man, this is complete opposite of Oakland, California, and that's exactly what I needed. Um, because coming from Oakland at that time, man, we were leading the country, man, in homicide, right? And, and there's certain certain times of the night I couldn't walk, I couldn't walk around outside, or you couldn't go certain places here and there. When I got to Missoula, Montana, man, I could walk around at three, four in the morning if I wanted to, and I never had to watch my back, right? I never had to, to worry about gunshots or anything like that. So when I was in Montana, I was I was in heaven, man, in heaven. And, and then I had a great coaching staff and I had great teammates along with that. And if anybody's been to a Grizz football game, man, as a fan, you know that's that's one of the most unbelievable atmospheres, in, in, I think, in all, in all of the country as far as even even though it's a Division One AA, man, those guys on that team, man, always put on the show. I was a, I can remember being a freshman and watching Mark Mariani be so electric. I was like, bro, this dude, every time he touches the ball, I'm out of my seat. So and that's before I even touched a couple with these championships that we won. Um, I had a hell of a time. Man. Is that what stands out in your mind the most then as far as your memories of the University of Montana, the championships you won and the battles and, and getting to the NCAA tournament three out of four years? No, those championships and then also those championships and those experiences off the court with my teammates and, and friends that I'm built with. Like those championships, man, they, I, don't, I don't know if those championships can, the way we did it, I don't know if they can be duplicated like that, man. We went, what did we go, 30, 38, two in conference in two years? Something like that? Like, I don't know if it can be done like that, back to back. Like, the way we did it, man, is, that was that was amazing. But then also, like I said, you got the friends um, that I still talk to to this day from that team that made it very, that much more special. Will Cherry joining us on the ESPN Roundtable, and we will finish up with you here and now, and we mean that literally. What are you up to now? You're back in the Oakland area for the time being, but what does your path look like in, in, in the immediate future? Man, so now, man, I'm just home working out. You know, with, with this pandemic, man, there's a lot of uh, unknown uncertainty going on in, in the basketball world and basketball market. Uh, so I'm just working out, staying ready for my next opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm right now. I'm. We're trying to uh, get myself to China. You know, I want to go to China and, and have some fun and play there. Um, it's great money there as well. But if not, um, I want to go back to Europe and, and on a Euroleague team and play at the highest uh, level of basketball there um, for whatever team and, and try to try to get me a championship out there, man. Um, I'm known for doing winning championships, so I want to keep that going. No matter what stage I'm on, but as of now, I'm just working out, staying ready, um, and I think probably in this next month or two, um, there'll be there'll be some jobs on the line. Uh, for me, I'll just have to pick the right one. That's that's uh that's the best one for me. Well, Will, I'll tell you what, we, we loved watching you play while you were at the University of Montana and tracking your career since then, and it is a blast to catch up with you. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. No, thank you guys for having me, man. Like I said, it's been a, a long, a long time overdue for me to uh, give some insight into what I've been doing back here. I know a lot of people in Montana probably been wondering, um, but I try to post, uh, you know, on Twitter or Instagram and kind of let people know back there. Um, but talking to you guys is, is definitely going to do a, a lot better than me doing any posts. <laughs>
Well, we appreciate that. Go follow Will Cherry, boys and girls. Figure out what the man's up to. See where he's going next uh, uh, on, on the Twitter and Instagram. Will, thank you. Thank you, guys. How's it going?